Well, back around 2002, I first saw it. It came back. It was one of the most synonymous names with muscle cars of all time. And here it was, back. Why was it back? This way. The last concept we saw of it in the 90s, it had four doors. And nobody wanted it with four doors. We all thought against it. But here it was, a brand new Charger with its counterpart, the 300, coming to the market. Now, the 300 I got because the 300 was a sedan. But the Charger as a four-door? That was just absurd. That is the muscle car from the muscle car era. It's big. It's bad. It jumps bridges in the Dukes of Hazard. It blows out of driveways in Fast and the Furious. It is the car. So why am I looking at this, you know, anomaly in the world? Why did Dodge do this? Is it because the Charger was stripped of its soul? It's like it'd been thrown to the underworld and lost its soul. It's trying to come back two generations later. It's almost there, but it's still not the original. The lost souls of the auto industry. That is what we're talking about today. Oh, it's podcast coming to you anytime, anywhere from around the globe on any major streaming site from autolux.net. Welcome back to the autolux.net podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J himself, coming to you from our main site, autolux.net. Big or small, we have them all. Corporate websites from around the world. And while there, check out many of our other podcasts, some of our end-of-the-year ratings for cars all across the world. We rate over 500 cars every single year. And we like to give a good thanks to Podbeam for getting this podcast out into multiple streaming services, from iTunes to Google Play to Samsung Music. We are there, available for you and bringing you the automotive podcast for the world. So like I said at the beginning, did Dodge give up the soul of the Charger for this horrible, horrible looking freaking sedan? Everybody's like, oh, it, it's, you know, it's good. And, uh, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, the market needs. We need this big muscle car of a sedan to get people moving out and around. Real drive. No, that's not it. Literally ripped the soul out of the original king of the muscle cars and brought it back so you can, you know, bring your family around. Ugh. But that kind of brought me to the question as what other vehicles have had their souls ripped out recently? Biggest one that comes to mind is back in 2019 when Chevrolet re-released the Blazer. Now we all know Ford was releasing the Bronco and the Bronco was going up against the Jeep Wrangler because the Bronco always was that big burly off-road vehicle. Hell, OJ was being pursued by police on an LA freeway in a white Bronco. So they brought it back as the Bronco. Chevrolet, on the other hand, brought back the Blazer as a family touring crossover utility vehicle. A CUV. Yes, the Blazer was back, but not in its proper form. Chrysler again did this to the Trailblazer, which is out now as well. The Trailblazer used to be that mid, that basically between midsize and full size. And now it's a compact. Sure, it got smaller and it's still a Chevrolet and it's still in the same category. But most of us remember the Trailblazer as that bigger SUV. Just like we remember the Blazer as that awesome off-road SUV that went up against the likes of the Ram Charger and Bronco. And here it is, hauling your family around, getting groceries, and has no ability to go off-road. Literally, rip the original soul out of the Blazer. 
My biggest pet peeve came back was that Ford Thunderbird. You remember when the last generation came out, the one between 2002 and 2005 when they brought it back? Hell, it even showed up in the last James Bond movie with Pierce Brosnan, Die Another Day. But I saw the original sketches of that vehicle in my Motor Train magazine a year previous to that. Held two. And it looked nothing like it. The original drawn image that Motor Train showed us and what they believed Ford was working on and what they caught the edge of a sketch on actually had tail fins on it. It looked a lot like you know, the original 57 Thunderbird only with its lights pulled back slightly. But it had the image of the original Thunderbird. Now we know the Thunderbird throughout its years, by the time it hit the late 60s, from there until its demise in 1997, it was basically turning into just a plain coupe. Nothing great. Take a look at it. Look at it like the 1970 to 71, 72 to 76, 77 to 79. It gets really bad when you get into the 80, 82, and then 83 to 88 becomes this weird coupe. In the 10th generation, the 1989 to 1997, it was kind of like a Thunderbird. It was a sleek, pretty neat coupe. But in all reality, the Thunderbird was a convertible made to compete against the Corvette. The Corvette still had a convertible and still had its soul. 1990 Thunderbird looks nothing like what you expect. Hell, even the 2002 to 2005, the last generation, the 11th time that Ford decided to make a Thunderbird, it has reminiscent points of the original 55 Thunderbird. But unfortunately, its front nose is way far out, the bumper was not chromed, and the rear of it flattened right off. Like, this is something that should have been great. The original 1950s one had tail fins on it. But I guess Ford decided that people in the year 2002 uh, wouldn't want that. They won't want tail fins on a car, because tail fins are something from its past. Now, why do companies do this? Why do they bring back these vehicles and basically rip their soul out? Because the name is powerful. People remember it, and people are willing to spend money on a name. The only thing is, is most major die-hard fans of products want the products to return in some original form. Something they remember. Hell, if the Ford Bronco came back looking like they did between the 80s and 90s, the big bulky thing, still people would go out and buy it. Because it still has one of those main images of the Bronco. And Ford wanted to make sure they did it right. Hell, out of all their vehicles, pretty much the Thunderbird is the only one that had its soul ripped out. It tried to redeem itself in 2002, but the soul just didn't come back enough. It was too modern. It was sort of like how when Chevrolet brought back the Camaro, it was all modern. It had a profile image of the original Camaro from the 60s, but in actual looks, it didn't have it. It didn't have the soul of the Camaro. It had the name of the Camaro and a profile. But eventually it won over customers, but not enough. The Challenger and the Mustang still beat those ones out. Because when they reworked the Mustang in the early 2000s, they finally gave it the image that everybody wanted. They wanted the old 1960s Mustang back. And that's what we got. They did it in modern form, but they did it. So you could automatically recognize it as a Mustang. Anyone. The companies do this. And it's not just to actual old nameplates that get brought back without a soul. It's profiles that can come back as well. Remember the Plymouth Prowler from the late 90s? That was a pretty neat model. It was bringing back the old hot rods. And everybody wanted to relive those days with this cool hot rod. Unfortunately, it had zero trunk space when you put the top down. And it only had a V6. When people think hot rods, they think of something fast. Something powerful. Something with a V8 engine. And unfortunately, Plymouth didn't release 
No, they came to the show, but they didn't bring no Go. So unfortunately, the Prowler, due to its high price range and the fact that it didn't have a V8, the model quickly slipped away into history and even to this day, not a lot of people remember it. If you really want to remember something that was horrible done in history, go back and look at the 1979 or 1983 designs Dodge Challenger. I found these a while ago and it's just... Oh my god. You see it and you don't even see a Challenger. You see a Mitsubishi Coupe. This isn't a Challenger. This isn't a pony car. This isn't something that goes up against the Mustang. I get it. The Mustang got smaller in the late 70s and didn't start getting big until the rehash in the 2000s. They were all small Fox body Mustangs. This Challenger had nothing to do with the name when the Challenger was brought back in the later 2000s. That lived up to its name. It redeemed itself. It grabbed its soul back and made everyone forget about the atrocity they did way back in the early 80s. Because nobody wants to be shown that their soul has been literally ripped out. Hell, the Ford Taurus and Mercury Sable wound up at that. The last Mercury Sable was built off that Ford 500 platform, which the name eventually changed to the Ford Taurus. Those cookie-cutter shapes. We get it. The original one had a cookie-cutter shape. These are just bland. You can't do an SHO on that design. It'll never work. I don't care if it looks like a sleeper because it's the most boring car in the world and you made it a sleeper. It's still boring. Mercury never got to redeem itself, but the Ford Taurus eventually came back, before diminishing from our mainstay. There are vehicles that do come back, that have been gone for a while, and bring back that original soul, and then some, like the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer, and the Challenger being rebirth, the Ford GT. You know, these vehicles came back. Hell, even the Jeep Wrangler has stayed true over all the years to its original form. Except for those stupid square headlight ones from the 80s, the Wrangler has been it. But it never lost its soul, even in those times. It has kept it. You know, Dodge brought back the Aspen. We all remember the Aspen was their somewhat muscle car that they kept right until the end. Essentially just those weird coupes we were getting in the late 70s. But when it came back, it was the Chrysler Aspen, and it was an SUV. It was a luxury version of the Durango, something that we all thought was odd that Chrysler never tried to relive again, even by changing the name. Hell, even keeping the name Aspen. The Aspen sounds better on an SUV by a luxury maker than on a performance car from a performance division. So that actually made more traction on the soul of the Aspen name. Now, if Chrysler actually did a version of the Durango today as an Aspen, well, might actually have a Navigator or Escalade counterpart from Chrysler. We don't know why they never kept it. Sometimes companies bring back lost names just to try and get other products into the country as well. Pontiac did that with the last edition of the GTO. Basically just a Holden Monaro brought over here with Pontiac logos. It had the power of the GTO, but it didn't have the image. Because everyone remember these big, long, brutally cars. Here it was, a compact sports car. More of, a, of an even coupe, you could say. So, sometimes they change names to actually get a soul into the vehicle you know they bring the vehicle back by utilizing the name just to get all those get customers into the door but destroy the soul or they want to bring the name back and use a product that's already been built and proven but unfortunately doesn't have the image to carry it you know when i think of an impala i think of easy e as he's cruising down the street in his 6-4 but the last impalas there were no two-door versions because the monte carlo was gone and then when the monte carlo was even here at the end it would look more like a stock car for the road the impala was a big 
Spruly sedan. It's not something you want to drop down to the ground and put hydraulics on. No. Hell, I'd do that to the Chrysler Aspen before I did it to the Chevrolet Impalas of the last, last mainstay. That is a vehicle that's been around and slowly lost its soul. No, similar to that of the Thunderbird. They can keep the name because people recognize the name. Some of these names are huge. Like we said, the Blazer, the GTO, the Thunderbird, Wagoneer, Grand Wagoneer, Bronco. Hell, Chrysler Town and Country. They're all big names that can be brought back. And they know people will buy them. Look at the Lincoln Continental when they brought it back. They didn't put suicide doors on it except for that special 80th anniversary coach door edition. None of the others had the suicide doors on it. But when that came out, actually was modernized. It was the big luxury car that everyone remembers. Sure, it wasn't boxy in any nature of the originals, but... It still felt like a luxury car. It's the first thing from Lincoln in a long time that felt like a luxury car. So its soul was saved. Lincoln saved it. And they saved it with a car that actually increased in sales over some of the competition. Sort of like how the Challenger beat up the Mustang and Camaro so many times. Because its soul was still there and better than they originally thought. Hell, the Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer, even though they just came out, those are vehicles that could possibly have better sales than the original Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. And why is that? Because the soul of them now for the Grand Wagoneer is actual luxury. It's a Jeep with full-scale luxury built into it. And when you look at this thing with chrome features on it, it starts to make you drool. And now with a long wheelbase, they can go fully up against the Navigator and Escalade. This thing's big, brute, and hell, it could still go off-road, unlike its counterparts. The Wagoneer? Similar to that. It'll take on the Tahoes, the Suburbans. It'll show those people that it's big. And with how big the Jeep name is these days, it's not hard to see how these big Jeep products are going to do. Because people have been asking for it. Sometimes people, the consumers, ask for the soul of a previous vehicle to be returned. Like we said, the 80th anniversary, coach door edition for the Lincoln Continental. When the name came back, people loved it. And they, they said the only thing that we miss from the new Continental to any of the, to the original ones from the 60s, when it actually went out on its own and formed the Continental brand one step up above Lincoln in the Ford lineup. They just wanted the suicide doors. You know, a convertible would be pretty cool too, even though it's synonymous with JFK and his assassination, but people still like that convertible. That is one thing that they never did do, but people really aren't into convertibles anymore. Just look at the Chrysler 300 when people wanted that to be a convertible. It came off okay, but some vehicles are good as convertibles, but coupes and convertibles, as we've always said, is a market that's dying out. So in any way, a lot of companies will try and bring back the soul of a previous model. They'll try and bring it back to life and give it to the customers for something that had such a big name they look at it and figure they can do it by adding daytona image packages to the charger it made it look more sporty and people believe it was almost like a daytona except you know with the massive rear spoiler you know they had rams as the rumblebees well we all remember the super b but we also remember the roadrunner like there are a lot of vehicles out there that people could still request and get back how volkswagen is going to bring the scout brand back as a fully electrified off-road vehicle division with a truck an SUV. As long as the forms, as they're showing in the outline images that they've released, are quite close to that, the soul of International Harvester and the Scout brand will be back. Even though it won't have the original international name stamped on it, the Scout will be back. Its soul will be brought into the modern times to show all of us that it can regain itself in the world of today. 
Then again, sometimes people ask for those vehicles to be brought back. And the companies behind them just see a market that's making tons of money and said, we can put our name on that. It won't hurt the name. Well, Chevrolet doesn't do anything to the bla- to properly make over the Blazer. That name will be tarnished. If GMC brings back the Jimmy to go up against the Bronco Wrangler, we can really see that. Hell, when they had the Ram Charger editions of the mid-90s Dodge Ram in Mexico, those were very similar to the ones that we remember here from back in the 80s. And countless people have asked for them to bring it back to go up against the Suburban and Tahoes. But Dodge has never done that. They've never completed that. So its soul really isn't lost to the history books. But the Thunderbird... I'm sorry, the only way they could redeem themselves is if they brought back the Thunderbird in an actual image from the 1950s. Because as of today, its soul is gone. The Dart name is gone, and the Blazer name is gone. Hell, the town and country from its original woody-paneled wagon from the 1940s is gone. And now, it's just a minivan. The most soulless vehicle on the road. Bland, boring minivans. So all in all, there are multiple reasons why vehicles can lose their soul. Hell, even gain their soul. But losing it is the worst kind. Misstepping on a design or a key feature while bringing back a vehicle can really kill its image. Hell, not doing it right, not bringing it back to its original image can kill it off. As we've all seen with the Charger, the Blazer, and the GTO, souls can be lost and sometimes never regained. But if they want to regain them, they could do a better job second time around. As long as you get that problem, who's destroying your name off the market quick so people don't remember it soul could be gone forever and it could be walking the world as a lost soul so if you like this podcast please like share or comment about it pass it around the office send it to your boss to piss him off tell him that crappy blazer he just bought is not a real blazer I don't care what you say, it's not that. And send them the podcast and be like, listen to this. Your vehicle doesn't have a soul. It's like a Kia soul. It puts its soul in its name. Send it around. Pass it around. Tell your friends, family, email them, like it. Do whatever on any of the social feeds that you find us on. And to that, we'd also like to thank Podbeam and all of our major streaming sites for helping us get out there, helping us let you know about the automotive world and things within the automotive world you've never even thought about. So thank you and thank you all. And after this podcast, please stop by the website, autolux.net, and autolux is one word, and take a gander at some of our other podcasts, some of our other shows, ratings, and the Corporate Links website. Big or small, we have them all. Corporate Links websites from around the globe from Autolux. So, for myself, Everett J., and the whole Autolux team, strap yourself in for the soulless ride we're about to take you on.